0: And for me, part of it is like the the way in which the world views things is often much different, much different than the way in which God views things. What we see as wisdom from God, the world often sees as foolishness. And and how do we make those things, how do we fit those kind of concepts together in our mind? What does it mean to be a person who, who is a person of integrity or who stands for the truth? Or who trusts in a God that others don't see, that we don't see. Or that it has a, a knowledge from God that we embrace God's thinking, God's wisdom to live life by. How is it that we do that? And I, I, I want to read these verses because I think they sum up kind of the heart of what it means to be a part of the impractical life. It comes from 1 Corinthians 1 verses 18 through 24. And listen to, listen to its use of wisdom and foolishness. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Isn't that awesome? It is Christ that is the power and wisdom of God for us who believe. Let's take a moment and just pray, shall we? God, thank you this morning that it is in you that we find true wisdom. It is in you that we find the resources to live life by. It is in you, even though things seem impractical, To those around us, they are truly practical when we trust in you and walk with you. God, would you bless us today with your presence, your insights, your wisdom, that we would learn from you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the the essence of this talk as we kind of wrap up the series is really just what I've been talking about. It's really like all of us who have placed our faith in Christ are in the process of transformation. We're not just transformed and then it's all done. There is a process for us to continue on to be transformed is a continuing thought and a continuing path of life for us to continue to be transformed, to continue to become more and more like the person of Jesus. Just as if a small child continues to grow to adulthood and has the process of growth Our steps in life with God are to walk with Him and be transformed along that path. It's important for us to catch on that we are growing people in God. We're a part of that transformation. Let's say that there was a a, a line that went across, kind of high across here, and I would call that kind of a spiritual continuum. And on the one side, we start over here, and everybody is on that spiritual continuum line in some place. They may not even recognize it, but we're spiritual beings, so we are on that spiritual continuum, and hopefully we're moving this way, we're moving in a growth pattern, and at some point we come to interact, for many of us, we come to interact with Jesus, and we have to make a decision about Him. We have to determine whether we're going to submit our life to Him, commit ourselves to Him receive His forgiveness for our sins, we have come to a point of commitment, and after that we continue to be growing and transformed to become more and more like His Son. But we're all on that spiritual continuum. So for some of us, you, we may not be at that point yet of intersection of making a commitment to Christ. That's okay. Okay. That's okay. We're over here. We're moving along that path. Hopefully for all of us, we're moving this direction to become more like God. We're asking questions of what it means to follow God. Who is God? What is He like? Do I trust Him? But we're moving along that continuum. So today, it's a little bit more of a talk that is related to those of us who have made a commitment to Christ and now are trying to move forward, are moving and advancing in our relationship to Christ, and how we live out that good news of being a transformed person. How do I, once I've made a commitment to Christ, or have received Him, received the blessing of who He is, accepted Him into my life, chosen to follow Him as the Lord of my life, even with the ups and downs, but I am solidly committed to Him. How do I live out that good news in my life, and how do I live it out in such a way that other people see it? and know it and recognize it? How do I share with them good news that I'm experiencing? How can I share my faith with others? If I was going to wrap that up in one little sentence, how can you and I share our faith with other people? And that's where we're going today. Well, there are some practical steps, and if you're a committed disciple to Jesus, it is very important for you and for me to get those practical steps. We don't have to be an expert in following God, but we need to be a devoted follower of God, a devoted follower of Christ. There are some essential ingredients to living out and sharing our faith, and that's what I want to talk about today. There are those who don't know Christ yet. That's okay. They're putting some of those pieces together. For us, though, that do know Him, what do we need to do in practical ways to create and to communicate the gospel to other people? that good news of which we find ourselves. So if you're looking along the outline that is in your program today on this side right here, I'm going to just kind of go through eight things kind of quickly with you this morning. How can I share my faith with others in some practical ways? Well, number one is ask God, ask God to increase your love for lost people. All of us are lost people. All of us have been lost at one time, Maybe we've found Christ and are not lost anymore, but there are plenty of people around us who are still trying to figure life out, don't have a relationship with God, but here it is. Jesus dealt continually with people who felt alienated in life. They felt abandoned. They felt heartbroken. They were let down by other people, by religions, by God himself from their perspective. God through Jesus, wanted to make a connection to all people to remind them that each and every person matters to God. You matter to God. I matter to God. Your neighbor, your grandchildren, your kids, your coworkers matter to God. Every person matters to God. Even the people we don't like matter to God. That's a good thing. People matter to God. And so it comes upon us to ask this important heart compassion question. Do I care about lost people? Do I genuinely care about lost people? If we don't get that first one, we're not going to go very far in terms of sharing the good news of Christ with anybody. We have to have a a care for lost people, which is really the second thing. Pray consistently for spiritually lost people. Pray consistently for spiritually lost people. Well, there are many ways of doing that, but John Stott, one of the theologians, pointed out that Jesus, up until the very end of His earthly ministry, was praying for lost people. When he was on the cross, he was praying for those lost thieves that were around him. Jesus cared for lost people. Are you praying consistently, specifically, and fervently for lost people? Perhaps you just need to do this. Choose three people. Choose three people that you know of that don't know Christ or that have wandered away and need to be brought back to Him. Choose three people. Commit yourself to praying for those three people on a daily basis, a monthly basis for this entire year, Pray for those three people. You may not be the agent that changes or has the, uh, the um, opportunity to change them, but you might be. But you're praying for lost people. Pray specifically for three people that you know of that don't know Christ or that have wandered away and need to get back to Him. Some years ago when I was working in another church, we were about to do a baptism and we did large groups of baptisms. It was a large church. And, and in that one woman shared in her story that she had been praying for her husband for nine years without much of a response from him. But she had found Christ and had been sharing her faith with people and had been living out her faith in a way. And it came upon that as she chose to come to baptism, which she hadn't done, That at that point, they interacted as a husband and wife couple. And it was at that point of her choosing to be baptized and the interactions they had that he made a commitment to Christ. But she'd been praying for him for nine years. Sometimes we wonder, does God hear? What is he doing? Does God care? But she was faithful in praying for her husband. For us, it's not always to know God's design, but it is to be faithful in praying for people. Are there specific people that are lost that you care about? And are you enacting the power of God to change them through your consistent prayer life? That's the second one. A third one is this Reach out in ways that fit who you are. Reach out in ways that fit who you are. On your outline, there is a thing called six styles of sharing your faith. See that? And and I'll go over that in just a moment. But there are kind of styles that fit who we are. We're not all the same. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're different. All right, there you go. That's okay. Now, if you're married to that person, well, you got to figure that out. But we're all different. We're all unique, right? We are all created by God a bit differently, and that's a good thing that we're unique and different. And we're even unique and different in the way God has formed or fashioned us in how we share faith with other people. And so I'm going to give you just really quickly, and I'll come back to it, but on your outline, six kind of unique styles or ways of sharing your faith. One is kind of a confrontational style. It's what we see in Peter in Acts 2, where Peter is really kind of pounding on those who are listening for what they've done in crucifying Christ and they're, they're just their lack of openness to what God was doing. He uses a confrontational style with people at that point. A second is the uh, intellectual style. And Paul uses that a lot, doesn't he? We, re- we read that in the New Testament, where Paul gets in these kind of arguments and philosophical dialogues with especially the Greek leaders and phil- uh, philosophers of the day. It's kind of an intellectual style, there's a testimonial style. And uh, that's used by Jesus by, uh, oftentimes, but it's, the, it's when Jesus interacts with a person and that person discovers who Jesus is and then they share what's happened in their life with other people. That's the testimonial style. On the back side, it's the uh, interpersonal style. Matthew, who throws a party, he invites people into his house. He's building relationships with people so that they can meet Jesus. The next is the invitational style. John 4, Jesus runs into people. He runs into the woman at the well, Nicodemus, but He, he, he one-on-one interacts with a person. That's kind of the, the uh, invitational style. And then the serving style. It's a woman named Dorcas in the New Testament, and what she does is she develops ways of practically serving others through making blankets and food and caring for people. And she shares the love of God through the gospel of just loving on people and meeting the needs of people in her life. Well, reach out in ways that fit you, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in in just a moment or two. Number four, be ready to tell others how you met God. Be ready to tell others how you met God. We all have a story of how we met God. What was our life like before we knew God? What were the things that transpired in meeting God, and then what's taken place since? What's God doing in your life? So I've asked Kara Hickman, part of our band, to come and share just her story real briefly with us this morning, her own story. So Let's welcome her. It's on. Are we on? I think we're on. You got it? Try it again. Yeah. Nope. We're not on still. We're still working. This is, uh, I think he's got it at the back. You on now? Good. Okay. Maybe go up a little bit.
1: Okay. So, I've been going to this church since I was little. Um, and I've been a Christian pretty much my whole life. I never really thought to doubted or questioned what I have been taught until high school. Um, so once I left high school, I started to read books, anything I could find on how, why to not be a Christian. I was looking for reasons, and I couldn't find anything that really convinced me. And so after a while, I finally just threw it away. Um, and so I stopped praying, and I stopped going to the church, and stopped reading the Bible, and I kind of stopped studying anything. Um, and so that was just kind of a dry time in life. I won't say that I regret it because I learned a lot during that and I felt like when I came back to Christ, it was a totally different experience for me. Um, but part of the reason why I threw it away was I had all these perceptions of God that I felt were black and white and I didn't realize that God can look, God looks how he looks and it doesn't matter what I think or what I perceive, um, and throughout all that, I had people in my life who were constantly praying for me and worried about where I was and it really bothered me, but <laughs> it was a good thing. Um, so when I met Cody, I started to understand that what Jesus really looks like and I started to become friends with him and I saw the way that he treats, for his, treats his friends and, and goes out of his way to sacrifice for them and I started to understand who Jesus really was, and so um, there wasn't, I don't feel like there was necessarily an exact point where I turned around, but I started slowly to see God showed me where he was with me throughout my whole life and where I wasn't paying attention. He was there working things out in my life so that I would be where he wanted me to be, so the struggle for me now is To change my life because it's not like it happens overnight I'm not naturally a giving person I'm not naturally sacrificial but I'm learning to try and break those habits in the small things so that when God needs something from me he'll be able to trust me with something big Um, so that's it (laughs) all
0: right awesome 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 good hey let's pray for just a second Thank you so much, God, for Kara's life. Thank you for her, just her journey and her willingness to, uh, to trust you and to not abandon you entirely, but to be drawn back to you. God, we pray that you would continue to bless her life and use her and keep transforming her. Thank you, God, for her life before us. And God, we just pray that you would bless her today and throughout this next month and year that you would keep growing her to be more and more the person you created her to be. And we ask that, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Awesome. was not that great? Yeah. Well, I ask her to do that because our story is really powerful. <laughs> and all of us have a story. And there's ways in which when we put kind of our story together, it doesn't have to be this long, huge huge piece of work. It can be very concise, but it's knowing what those concise pieces are about that's really important. But be ready to tell others how you met God. That is a very important thing. Number five, if you're following along on the outline, is this. Build bridges of friendship with lost people. Become friends with people. Most people are pretty open to dialogue and talking about God with people that they trust. The statistics in America are that about 90, over 90% of people believe in God, but oftentimes it's just they need a way of dialoguing about what they're processing. And they'll do that with people that they trust. So for us who know God, it's like being in a position where we're open to developing relationships with people. Jesus did this all the time. He was receptive to hearing and listening people's stories, their challenges, their wants, their needs. He built authentic relationships with people, which needs to speak to us about trust in God and trust in others and building that to listen to people and their issues or their concerns. You don't have to be in a relationship with someone very long. I'm always amazed when I meet people how quickly a concern or a need surfaces in their life. That's a good thing. It's good to know that. Think about those three people that I mentioned before that are in your life. In what ways could you deepen your relationship of friendship with them? How can you do that? Well, I just have a few kind of tips for you this morning on building and strengthening relationships with other people. They're not, they're not rocket science, but here we go. Have a no-strings-attached attitude when you build relationships with people. Don't try to take them from here to here too quickly or to try to unload all of your information or whatever it is. Have an attitude of heart that genuinely cares about their spiritual well-being, that you've been praying for them, you're concerned for them, you want them to discover what you've discovered, you want them to meet the God that you know. So have a no-strings-attached attitude. Let them know early that you're a believing person. You don't have to tell them everything, but let them know that you believe in God. You trust in God. You have a relationship with God. It's a growing relationship, if in fact it is. You want people to know that you trust in God and that God knows you, cares about you, loves you, and has the same for them. Let people know that. Create uh, the art of listening. Develop a deepening sense of what that means. Find common ground with people to connect with them. I read some of these the other day. I found them very, very helpful. Dialogue, don't monologue. Be a good listener is what that means. Someone said, the secret of being interesting in a conversation is to be interested. That's good, isn't it? The secret of being interesting in a conversation is to be interested. In other words, be a good listener. Better to keep the conversation going than to win an argument. Let's build on agreements, not arguments. I like that. At minimum, seek to, quote, put a pebble in their shoe. In other words, what that means is put something into their thinking that they've got to ruminate on. They've got to work through. They've got to question. They've got to work through that. It creates future dialogue with folks. Keep your speech, quote, seasoned with salt and full of grace. Always be graceful people. You don't need to know everything. Expect to be baffled at times. When people question things and we don't have the answers, that's okay. Okay. It's like, hey, that's a great thought. I hadn't thought about that. Or, you know what, let's check that out. Why don't you do some looking and I'll do some looking. Let's talk about that again. Be, it's okay to be baffled by people's questions. And another is offer to pray for them. Offer to pray for them when they share a concern in their life. Almost everybody I've ever talked to when I've asked and I pray for you about something or that sounds like a real need, I'll be praying for you, is more than willing to have me pray for them. That has nothing to do with my being a pastor, that just is being a person who is caring and concerned for another person. Number six on your outline, don't just share your faith, show it. I like that. Be a person of integrity, a real person who talks about real life issues, asking people what can you be investing in their life, how can you help them, how can you meet needs in their life, how can you help that person. Number seven, be prepared to explain God's message. Sometimes this is where an anchor drops for lots of people. It's like, I don't know what to say. What if I say the wrong thing? I'm not that well trained. I don't know the Bible that well. But that isn't really what's happening here. Basically, it's how you explain the gospel. And there are easy ways to explain the gospel. One is to memorize just a few key verses. Listen to these. These are from Romans Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Romans 10.13, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Just kind of in a nutshell, those three verses out of Romans give you uh, the heartbeat of what the gospel is about. Memorize those, know those. God can bring those to mind in conversation with a person. There are many other ways. There's a thing that the Billy Graham Organization has. It's a little booklet. It's called Steps to Peace with God. It's a great tool to just have in your purse, your wallet, or just to to kind of memorize. It's not hard. But it helps people clearly walk them through some stages in a process of helping them understand what God is doing to help a person connect with Him. You know, sometimes when God does that, it's it takes us, it takes us by surprise. Sometimes we're in a conversation with the person, and God's doing something surprising in that conversation. I remember when I was in college and I went to a training, uh, an evangelism training session in in uh, Southern California. And it taught you about sharing your faith and how to do that. And then they kind of dumped you out along, uh, along the path or on a beach or something, and you were out to kind of share your faith with people. And it was a bit intimidating, and I wasn't quite sure if it was uh, exactly uh, going to work for me or whatever, and, but I went through that training and learned that and kind of got some tools for evangelism for me, and it was very, very helpful. And I came home, and when I got home, I was, had a friend over at my house, and we were just sitting around talking, and I was talking to him about just being at this, uh, this uh, training session. And as we sat on the bed, I pulled out this little, uh, kind of little pamphlet, a piece of paper, and, and I started to just go, hey, this is what I was learning, and this is pretty cool, and I started sharing that with him. And I realized, like this light bulb went off in my head, and the light bulb that went off in my head was, you know what, he doesn't know this. He hasn't made a commitment to God yet. This is real for him what's going on right now. Whereas I thought, oh, he's already made a decision. He's a believing person. Uh Uh-uh. He was still putting it together, and boy, it just changed. I relaxed. I was able to walk him through that, and he made a commitment to Jesus right there. God does surprising things for us, not always in the way we think, but part of it is being prepared. Let me encourage you to be prepared. You have one life. Be prepared. Be good at it. Be good at what God's called you to be. Take it seriously that there are people around you that don't know the gospel of Jesus and desperately need it. Number eight on your list is take risks to reach people with the gospel. When was the last time you took a risk and actually shared something of your faith with another person? I mean, really, take risks in sharing the gospel. And you know what? It really isn't all that much of a risk because the weight of that risk is really on God. We know that it's the Holy Spirit of God that is the, the one that acts to convict and convince and lead people to himself. We're just to be a vessel in that process. And I love that. It's not as risky as we think, but it is knowing who we know. I went over kind of that six styles pretty quickly on sharing your faith on, that's, on your, that's on your outline right now. I'm going to ask uh, our ushers right now. I've got a little bit of a survey that I want you to take. We won't take it right now, but if you guys could come forward, pass those out so that everybody gets them, that would be great. And I'll explain it to you as we go through. But if you need a little bit of help on those kind of six sort of styles, sort of uh, how to share my faith styles, this will really help you. So it's a kind of a homework assignment, but uh, it won't take you that long, and I think it'll be really, really helpful to you. It looks like this. They're coming down the aisle. They're giving them out right now, so you'll get one. And uh, it's a basic kind of a survey, and it asks you questions, and then on those questions, you just mark it very much, somewhat, very little, or not at all. And you just put those Numbers that correspond to the numbers of the question along the edge. But don't do it right now. Just kind of look at it with me. And you can do it when you're at home or wherever. And once you've done all of that, once you've gone through all those questions, on the back side is kind of the key to help you figure it out. You'll just, it's really easy. You just kind of follow the key and put that together. One of the things I like about this is it is a form of discovery. And I like discovery. Because discovery means that I'm learning more and more about myself. I'm learning ways in which God created me. The downside of discovery is this. And you can just put that away for right now. But the downside of discovery is this. The downside of discovery is when we discover things about ourselves, we put them in our discovery box and close it. It's like we know it, and it's good for us, and it feels good or whatever, but we don't do anything with it. And like, that's not all that helpful. So the thing about discovery is when we discover ourselves is to take the next step to go, oh, wow, I discovered that about who I am. I need to find out more about that. How does that work? So once you go through it, it's going to help you kind of see those different styles. And you'll probably have one or two or three that kind of come to the top for you. And you'll go, yeah, that's really who I am. I'm much more that kind of person. And then it's good to dialogue with your spouse or friends or people that are here or even if they're not here and just talk to them, people that know you and say, hey, I'm just discovering about this about myself. What do you think? Does that ring true? What about for you? Does it ring true for you? Who are other people in the church or outsider that you know that are kind of like this? And begin to utilize what you've discovered in terms of engagement with other people so that you can figure some of that stuff out. Somebody's, oh, is that what that is? Okay. Well, if they're here, we need to pray for them. Anyway, so those are those unique styles. That's really good stuff. And then here's kind of the last piece for you today, and that is um, to put your story together. So again on your outline at the on the back side there's a thing that says putting your story together all right and it's what i asked kara to do today was just like give us about a 3 minutes try to be right about 3 minutes and it really looks at three different things what was my life before i met like before i met christ What was the circumstances at the point of commitment to Christ? What was happening in my life? How did that take place? And then what transformation is happening in my life since? How is God growing me? Really easy. How many people have never done that? I mean, it's okay. How many people have never sat down and done that? Okay. All of you have actually sat down and done that. Really? Awesome. Okay. That's incredible. Even if you have or haven't, do it again okay? So, second part of that is like, do it. That's amazing. Okay. So, do it again. Okay. So, do it again. So, you got a couple homework assignments, but one of the reasons we do that is because it really helps us in a concise way have a tool that is powerful, your story, to share with people around you. And you can practice that on folks. You can practice that on your family. You can practice that on coworkers. You can practice that on a friend. You can practice on a person who doesn't know God. You can say, "Hey, I got this assignment at my church. Would you just listen to this? I got to kind of kind of put my spiritual story together in 3 minutes. Would you listen to this?" You can do that. People will go, "Sure." It gives you an opportunity to do that. The other thing is it's a great opportunity for God to give you really some things that he can use resources in your life. And your story is incredibly powerful. You don't have to have been a drug addict. You don't have to have been in jail. You don't have to be whatever. Your story is powerful. And you know what? There are people that are designed for you to run into that you can share your story with. There are people that will trust you and nobody else. And so your story will be the most powerful story they'll ever hear. Because they trust you. They know you. So when you start praying for lost people, be aware that knowing your story will be a big help at some point in that relationship. It will give you an opportunity to share who you are and what God's doing. We don't do this to manipulate people. These are tools that strengthen our faith. And in the process, they help us share the good news in practical ways with other people. Oftentimes I write on my outline as I'm preparing to do a talk. At the very bottom, at the end, I write big letters, so what? So what? I mean, big so what is the big deal here? Why are we what are we listening to? What so what? Tell me. Why is this so important? Why is it so important? I believe it's important because it keeps our heart in the right place. It keeps the gospel foremost in our life that we are good news people. Remember a couple of weeks ago I gave you that little My Heart Christ Home booklet? I don't know if you got a chance to read that, but it's a great little booklet. But it, it's one of those things I reread because it helps keep my heart, my spiritual life in the right place. We need to know this stuff because it keeps us in the right place. Expect God to be active in your life. Really. Expect God to be active in your life. If you don't expect God to be active in your life, you probably won't see Him, feel Him, sense Him, know Him, or connect with Him very well. Expect God to be active in your life. And if you expect Him to be active, He will be active. You will see Him, you will feel Him, you'll see opportunities, you'll meet people. It will be an incredible joy in your life. A second piece is pray and be alert. Be alert to what God is doing. You should find yourself saying things like this throughout your day when you meet people. And just when you're going through your day, oh, this might be a God moment. You'll see yourself, you'll hear yourself saying that because God is a part of what's going on. Sharpen yourself and your spiritual character, stay on track with God there's too much at stake for you to drift away from God. You need to be engaged with God. Sharpen your spiritual character with God. Don't allow attitudes, circumstances to pull you the wrong direction. Stay sharp with God. You are a soldier. I want to be in an army with great soldiers. I want to be in an army that's making an impact, that's moving forward and not retreating. I want to be in God's army that's taking ground for God's kingdom, that's reaching lost people because they matter to God. I want to be a part of a group of people who take seriously that they have a mission to reach people for God, and that people's lives are at stake, and that my life is in a gifted place with God because I'm a redeemed person and people need to know that. You're a soldier. I'm a soldier. Resist becoming complacent in your spiritual life. In other words, resist sitting and doing nothing on the other end of the scale is this, resist becoming paralyzed by fear and anxiety and trepidation about sharing your life with God. Neither of those are healthy. A healthy life with God lives into God, allows God to be a part of everything we do in a glorious way because we're free, redeemed people. That is a great joy. Enjoy living with God and living in Christ. Are you finding that joy with God? Are you finding God to be the one that supplies joy and renewal in your life? Are you finding people around you that lift you up and breathe freshness into you spiritually? Are you finding that when you open God's Word, He's speaking to you? When you pray, you know He's present with you? We all want that. It's like expect God to be there. And he will. Why don't you pray with me? God, we need you. We really need you. And the hard fact is, God, is not just that we need you, our world needs you. And we need to help our world find you. We need to be faithful soldiers, faithful people who love you and love all people. God, today, forgive us for being people who don't care and are complacent in our faith. God, would you just forgive me for being that way at times? God, would you renew in me a sense and passion for more lost people in my life? And would you renew in me a sense of your place in my life for strength and power and joy? God, would you make me a gospel person that loves you and loves other people. Amen.